From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Schott, budget and appropriations reporter. Congress has just a few more days in Washington before lawmakers are scheduled to head back home for the winter break, but there's still a lot for them to do in very little time. The two main items are government funding and a COVID-19 relief bill. Appropriators are expected to release a $1.4 trillion omnibus spending package later today on Tuesday, but whether that bill will carry pandemic aid along with it is anyone's guess right now. David, what is the situation with the omnibus? Yeah, the, the, we're in the final home stretch, we think. We're expecting that big omnibus package to come out Tuesday, hopefully earlier rather than later, but who knows. They've been negotiating for days, trying to wrap up, put the finishing touches on this thing. We know, of course, for weeks we've known of some of the major obstacles holding it up. We've got the annual fight over President Trump's border wall money. We've got an immigration fight over how many detention beds should be funded. We've got, there was a a, a big holdup for weeks over how to classify some money for veterans' health care. There's been environmental riders. uh, There's been policing restrictions. There's been a number of these issues that have have tied them in knots for a while. But the word we have is they've pretty much resolved all those and they're putting some finishing touches on it and they're trying to get this whole package now written and hopefully released sometime on Tuesday. Let's talk a little bit about this veterans health care issue. This is something that has been sort of in the background of this year's spending negotiations for months because... Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby, and Democrats in both chambers of Congress uh, sort of agreed back, I believe, in May to classify this funding for certain veterans' health care programs as emergency, which meant that it wouldn't be subject to that $1.4 trillion spending cap. And at the time, the House Appropriations Committee and the Senate Appropriations Committee kind of went forward with drafting their annual spending bills, uh, excluding this $12.5 billion um, for what's known as community care programs that allow veterans in some circumstances to seek health care from doctors in their own communities as opposed to heading to a VA healthcare facility. And so this has been a really popular program. It's, you know, sort of growing exponentially, which means its cost is increasing kind of equal to that popularity. And so we've been hearing for a couple years now from appropriators that this issue is going to require more money over time and that it might crowd out some other spending in the military construction and VA appropriations bill. And so that's one of the reasons that a few months ago, you know, Senate Chairman Shelby, House Appropriations Chairwoman Lowy, and, you know, congressional leaders kind of agreed to exempt this from the spending caps. But House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has been opposed to this the entire time. Uh, And so he was really kind of digging his heels in on this in the final stages of negotiations. But it sounds like they've reached a compromise on that. Yeah, Jen, this this is sort of a fight over over whether we should have a loophole or not in these spending caps. You know, this is the last year of these strict spending caps aimed at curbing the rising deficits. And the problem that's cropped up is this program has been having their costs soar. 
and as you said, crowding out funding for anything else. So this is a fight over, should we exempt this money from the spending caps to free up more spending for other non-defense programs, or should we stick to these spending limits and say, no, it has to, it still has to apply. Sorry. Uh, McCarthy is in the camp of, no, we have to abide by the spending limits. The White House is pretty much on that side as well. And everyone else wanted to exempt this money to to just give a little more wiggle room to squeeze some more spending through. Um, and I, what it seems like this happened is they've basically been able to fudge the difference here. And so what they've agreed to is, no, this veteran's money won't technically be exempt from the spending limits. They'll still be able to say they've, they've kept it under the spending limits. But what they've done is they found a way to sort of offset the cost of this thing by by rating some of the unspent money they have in mandatory programs. These are called changes in mandatory programs. It's sort of a sort of a slush fund for want of a better word they can go to because they know there's money in there that won't get spent. Um, and so that they can take that and pay for this program and therefore it still frees up money for other stuff. So it's really a lot of green eye shade accounting here that's going on, but it's a way to fudge the difference and let both sides claim a victory, get this veterans money funded and not do harm to the spending limits technically. And then one of the other big issues that it sounds like appropriators and congressional leaders have worked out is border wall spending, which of course has been a signature issue throughout the Trump administration and was basically the sole issue that led to that 34-day government shutdown, um, which began almost exactly two years ago. Um, so we don't know exactly what they did on that right now, but in the past, they've just sort of kept funding relatively level. Um, and that has allowed everyone to kind of uh, claim a victory one way or another with Democrats saying they're really holding down how much money Congress is appropriating for border wall spending while Republicans in the Trump administration have been able to say that they did get some funding. And, you know, they've also been able to sort of move money around through different accounts for border wall construction. Yeah, what's striking to me about this one, Jen, is how unimportant this fight seems this year. If you remember just when this when Trump began a few years ago, this was the be-all and end-all battle over whether to build a border wall. The fact is nobody's talking about it now. Almost nobody seems to care about the border wall anymore. Trump's leaving office. The border wall isn't built. And whether he's requested another $2 billion for it, but it just seems much less important, particularly at a time of a mass pandemic when everybody just wants to fight the coronavirus, this border wall fight has really dropped into the background here. And so I think one way they're able to paper this fight over is it just isn't as prominent anymore anyway. Um, Trump has asked for $2 billion this fiscal year. Democrats, of course, want nothing. Um, usually what they do is sort of status quo. So we'll probably see less than $2 billion, but but something for the border wall because they don't want to risk Trump vetoing this whole package. Um, so I think that's a safe bet, probably, you know, similar, roughly maybe what they got this, this past year, which was, you know, a little over a billion, 1.3 billion or so is, is probably a safe guess. We'll see what they do, but um, boy, this just 
packs much less punch than it has uh, just a couple years ago. Yeah, it's so surprising that in just two years, we've gone from Trump, you know, shutting down a large portion of the federal government for, you know, well over a month to, okay, we've worked that out, let's move on. I think a lot of that has to do with the election results. You know, this if this omnibus becomes law ahead of Friday, you know, the government funding deadline on this one week stopgap spending bill that we're sort of all living under right now, you know, if this omnibus package becomes law, it's only going to be, the Trump administration will only be around for about a month uh, before Biden is sworn in on January 20th. And so I don't think there's a lot of concern from Democrats about, you know, this money being spent on border wall construction projects. But now what everybody really wants to know is, is this package going to have any coronavirus aid in it? Um, that's, that's really the thing that, that everybody's watching for. Um, I tend to think, yes, that what, what, what lawmakers have said is they're going to try to find whatever much they can agree to on the coronavirus aid and stick it in here because it's the only train leaving the station this week and then they're getting out of town. Um, we did see the a bipartisan group of lawmakers on Monday um, propose their package and actually offer legislation, um, $908 billion for coronavirus aid. But even they, as much as they took credit for bipartisan cooperation, even that group couldn't really agree because they were still stymied over this big issue of whether to provide employers with liability protection to guard against coronavirus lawsuits. And so they had to cut their their own package up into two different bills, one what everybody agreed on and the other part that's still problematic. Uh, and so I think what congressional leaders now have to do is is figure out which pieces of this they think could sell to the whole Congress and put that much in the omnibus. Yeah, this group held a really long sort of press conference yesterday on Monday where they were all, you know, cheering their bipartisanship. But in the end, they don't really have bipartisanship. West Virginia Democratic Senator Joe Manchin does support that sort of carved out section of the bill that has $160 billion for state and local assistance, as well as liability protections. But no other Democrats in this group, or really broadly in Congress, have come out in support of that part of this proposal. Maine Senator Angus King said yesterday during that press conference that there's you know, unanimous consensus on the $748 billion bill that includes provisions for healthcare um, and other programs that are sort of universally agreed to. Um, and so there's a possibility that that, you know, portion of this agreement gets added to the omnibus spending package that needs to pass before Friday at midnight. But whether or not Democrats get state and local aid on there and whether or not Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell gets these liability protections he's been seeking for months remains to be seen. And so we know that McConnell is okay now with liability protection not going on this COVID-19 relief bill, um, as long as state and local aid also does not go on this relief bill. And so what happens with that is kind of up to congressional leaders at this point. Right. Now, if they, if they do include the rest of it, that's $748 billion. I mean, we should say that's still a lot of money and a lot of help that would be going out uh, for this virus. 
I mean, we're talking about $180 billion of, of unemployment benefits and almost $300 billion in help for small businesses. There's a lot of stuff there. Um, but whether Democrats would agree to hold off on any aid to state and local governments is the key question here, um, because that's what, what it would be required if they can't resolve the liability issue. They've linked those two issues as the two priorities of, the, of, the, of both parties. And so you don't get one without the other. Um, we have to see what they, can, what they can come up with and what they can attach to the omnibus. But everybody's waiting for at least some coronavirus aid. And, there's, and I think both parties have, have said they're pretty determined here that they won't go home for Christmas without passing some kind of coronavirus relief. So I think we'll definitely see some relief in this omnibus. It's a question of how much and what, what shape it's in uh, to see if it can get through this week. And I'm curious to see what congressional leaders do on direct payments to Americans. This is something that was not included in this bipartisan group's, you know, sort of legislative package on COVID-19 relief aid. But this is something we know that Vermont Independent Senator Bernie Sanders and Missouri Republican Senator Josh Hawley are pretty passionate about. And Senator Sanders has basically come out and said he's going to hold up passage of this omnibus appropriations package in the Senate, unless he gets a vote on those another round of those $1,200 checks to Americans. And so this is another sort of tricky issue for congressional leaders to work out in a very short amount of time that's almost measured in hours now and not days, because if whatever goes on the omnibus in terms of coronavirus relief doesn't include another round of direct stimulus payments there's a chance that we get some type of weekend shutdown. Well, let's not think about that yet. But um, yeah, that is, that is a good point, though, because both, Trump has been eager for these tax rebate checks for a long time. And you've, you've had people on the left and the right push for them. Bernie Sanders on the left, Josh Hawley, Republican from Missouri on the right. Um, and I don't know, if they don't, if they're not able to do state and local aid, there may be some wiggle room here to squeeze in some money for tax rebate checks. It's conceivable, um, but I don't know. That's a, that's a, that's another big question that we're going to have to see uh, when this package comes out. What they can do on that. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can always drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast one word at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week.